culture, I think, is probably fundamentally it's probably one of the most important things in a, in a, in or well, in a business. Um, but a restaurant, definitely. Um, you know, it's not just one person. It's not just me running the show here. It's not you know, restaurants. It, it, it's really about the amalgamation of, of the staff and, and the passion and, and, and everything that sort of goes into it. This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep. There are all kinds of restaurants for all occasions, experiences, cuisines, and at different price points too. But how do you create a truly unique offering at the pointy end, free from some of the trappings of finer dining, but expressing a sense of place, wonder, and of course, keeping the magic on the plate too? Clinton MacGyver is the executive chef of Amaru and Otera Wine Bar in Armadale, Victoria. Clinton, how are you? Good, thanks. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me on. It's good to have you on the show. You've created, you know, one of the real standout establishments in the new wave of sort of contemporary dining in Australia. What's it been like being part of that sort of new wave? Um, I don't know. It's been. It's look. It's been. You know, we've been trading for just over just over six years now, um, and I guess two of those being in being in in COVID. It's sort of. Uh, it's. Uh, it feels like it's kind of been an eternity, but it's also flown by in the same in the same sense as well um it's been it's been uh it's been good it's been a journey i guess from when we first opened um you know we just kind of really had the the uh vision in mind that we wanted to be just a really really good neighborhood restaurant um and i guess taking some inspiration from some of the sort of bigger cities around the world um you know you you don't really have to go into the city to have a a world class sort of uh dining experience um and we wanted something that was still still accessible um probably a little bit different than your your average sort of midweek neighborhood restaurant as well in that sense um and we've just kind of continued to sort of grow and evolve from that from that sort of platform what were the challenges in the early days of creating this amazing establishment that you've created but away from the big cities uh look where we are in armadale um i remember you know we were looking we were looking for a site and we wanted to be we wanted to be in a neighborhood or a surrounding neighborhood that was i guess reasonably sort of affluent where there would be sort of an audience um and you know the, somewhere where there would sort of be a, a a continual sort of custom uh for what we wanted to sort of deliver um it it took it took us probably a good two 18 months to two years to really sort of start to really find our feet i think um we took took the restaurant on i, I mean i took the restaurant on sort of by myself um and look it's always been a work in progress in many ways as well we started from a very very small budget i had uh, a little bit of money that i had saved and then i basically or essentially had a had a, a loan from some very good family friends of mine which is quite small when you you know when you start sort of adding up the cost of um, starting the restaurant from scratch and and feeding out and creating the concept um but um 
Look, the first two years, you know, they were they were really hard. I think you know it's 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 a competitive market, definitely. And I think you know when you want to sort of be a player in, in the sort of the, the the bigger cities in Australia, there's um, it's always going to be a challenge. But I guess we always kind of you know we always sort of stuck to our guns um, for what we wanted to do and 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 deliver, and that continued to sort of evolve and grow. And, uh, you know, we, we've continued to sort of, I guess, articulate the experience that we, we want to offer along the way. Um, the first year, look, realistically, we, we could have closed almost every single month, you know, it was so inconsistent. Uh, it was, it was, it was really, really hard from a financial point of view. Um, but look, it was also exciting as well. You know, it was, I love a challenge. And I, I didn't think it was going to be easy. I don't know if I thought it was going to be as hard as, as, as it was. But look, in, in saying that, I'm a big believer of, you know, you sort of, you know, the, the culture that you build and, and what you sort of believe in and, and um, what you do day in, day out, you'll, event, you'll eventually sort of attract the right people around you as well. And then you'll really start to sort of attract the right audience. Um when we first started, it was like sort of three or four of us, three of us in the kitchen, a uh, couple of casual staff. Um, and look, we were at a fairly, fairly sort of moderate price point. I guess being a restaurant um, that only offers a sort of set menu, sometimes it can be a little bit limiting as well. Um, but again, you know, that sort of the model and, and what we sort of set out to do um, it's kind of always sort of dictated our, our journey and our, our, our story as well. Um, and we've been very fortunate that I guess, you know, from, from those early days as well, we, we really did start to sort of build a loyal following. Um, and it just took, it just took a bit of time, you know, um, we stuck it out, you know, we, 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 uh, we attracted sort of more staff, we attracted more custom. Uh, we started attracting, you know, some some really good sort of reviews and some press and some write-ups. And then once you sort of get that get to that point, it's kind of just starts to sort of snowball on from there. And um, yeah, it's been it's been it's been good. It's been it's been a great challenge, actually. Um, been really rewarding. It's the restaurant different to your initial ideas when you were starting out to sort of what it's evolved to become. Now it has, yeah, definitely. I think. I was really, really adamant that we wanted to, of course, you know, we wanted to have a, we wanted to have a nice restaurant. We always wanted it to be small. I mean, we've only got 34 seats and we've never added any more seats in. Um, we've always wanted it to be fairly sort of personal. Um, and and we, we've always wanted it to be a fairly sort of intimate experience. But I guess, you know, over, over the, over the years um, and, Again, just with the sort of the growth of the business, we've we've continually been able to sort of build our offering and um, you know in, increase the sort of size of the menu. Uh, we've you know we again you know we've been able to sort of afford more staff and afford better staff and and really just sort of start to build the business 
from there. I want to explore what you've achieved there, but take us back to when you were young. What sort of role did food play in your family? Uh, not a great deal, to be completely honest. Um, <laughs> not, not, not a great deal at all. I'm, I'm the oldest of six boys. So it's, uh, it was that we were, I come from Queensland and um, we never really ate out at all. I don't think we ever really went to any restaurants. Um, and the food in my household was always fairly plain. We come from a fairly modest upbringing. Um, so we don't come from a strong sort of food cultural background in that sense. Um, but I guess sometimes it kind of can be a bit of a blessing in disguise in my opinion, because I think once you sort of start to get exposed to the world of food and, and what's out there and, and the sort of the, you know, the, the culinary experiences, it's, it's a, um, it creates a great deal of excitement and, um, yeah, it's, um, yeah, but fairly, 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 fairly modest. I, I would say, um, I remember when I first started my apprenticeship, so I started my apprenticeship in Bundaberg and one of the biggest challenges I had was kind of, you know, eating steak that was kind of rare or eating raw oysters and things like this, because these things were totally foreign to me. Um, but, you know, with a little bit of time and, and exposure, you know, you, this, you know, there's a whole sort of new world out there that was waiting to be discovered and sort of, you know, ever since then, I've been completely addicted. What's been some of the really key sort of influences and, and sort of venues that have helped shape you as a chef? I remember um, I moved to Brisbane to finish off the last two years of my apprenticeship, and I worked at a, at a, at a winery there. And, I mean, Queensland's not really known for its wine, but um, we were working at a, at a winery called Sirame Winery, and it was quite a good, quite a good sort of local chef that was helming the kitchen and um, it was a good team. It was a fairly big team. We would do sort of big covers, like we would do 180 covers um, and it was a full sort of a la carte sort of style menu. And I guess that was my first sort of foray into, you know, really learning about the importance of, you know, produce and the quality of food and and the actual ingredient itself. Um so that was that was a really really good experience to sort of finish off my my apprenticeship and sort of really you know sort of uh, it, was, it was a really good trajectory to sort of really start understanding food and what it actually is um, you know the good from the bad. Um, so that was definitely one. Um, from there, I moved to Melbourne. So I moved to Melbourne in two thousand and nine. And um, at that time, Voodamon was kind of the best restaurant, well, one of the best restaurants uh, in Melbourne and also Australia. And I'd come down for a weekend just to sort of check out a few restaurants in Eat Out. And it was just, it was like a totally different world compared to Queensland. It was really eye-opening. Um, from there, I, I kind of, I got a job at Voodamon and I guess... That was another eye-opening experience. I think working, you know, with, with Shannon and and the team. Then um, that restaurant taught me a lot about about obviously food, culture of food, the experience. Um, so that would be another for sure.
there was a pretty big gap between um, you opening um, Amaru. What, what were you doing leading up to, you know, when you started thinking about having your own venue? Oh, it's pretty funny, actually. So I worked at Vudamon for four years and I just kind of, you know, I, I think sometimes you just really, you really know when it's your time to take the next leap or the next step in life. Um, and I didn't really have any plans. I didn't really have, I definitely wasn't in a financial position to sort of be opening my own restaurant or, or anything like that. But I just felt like it, my, my time there, and it was an amazing experience, but I just felt like it was sort of my time to take the next challenge. So after, after, working, after working at VU, I actually had a couple of months off. I was just trying to sort of, you know, collect my thoughts and sort of recalibrate myself and ask myself, you know, what, what, what's going to be the next step? Um, and funnily enough, I was just helping out a, uh, a friend of mine at the time doing a couple of nights in a kitchen at a, uh, at a bowls club of all places. And yeah, yeah. And, and it was, it was really weird. It was, um, it was actually something I was just doing, part-time so I was planning to go overseas uh with my partner so my my wife's from Brazil and we were planning a trip back to Brazil um and anyway sort of one thing led to another and then um I ended up taking over a lease at this at this bowls club and it was just an amazing experience actually so we had a few food bloggers and stuff that come in um, whilst I was there and we were doing these sort of like small degustation menus that were really cheap. Um, it was it was reasonably nice food. It was just a sort of a, a really strange contrast of nice food in a, in a weird sort of place at that time. Um, and it sort of really took off. So we were booked out for a few months in advance and, and whatnot. So we ended up negotiating a one-year lease um, at this at this at this bowls club, and yeah, kind of from there, it really gave me a. It was, it was almost like a proto sort of restaurant sort of thing, right? Because it it it, it it's one thing to sort of manage your food cost and you know write a menu and do your ordering and, and run a kitchen side of things, but running the business side of things completely different. So from there, I, you know, I become a sole trader and I registered a business name and I got this fantastic experience of what it actually does take to run a restaurant. Um, and it was quite successful. So we did that for one year. Um, I saved a little bit of money. Um, I was quite tired to be honest, physically I was quite tired at that time. We took four months off, so we had to, we ended up going to to Brazil. We had a nice holiday, um, but during that time, you know, I, I really it gave me a clear path and it gave me the vision of what the next step was going to be, and that was to sort of try and establish my own place. Um, you know, and again, we started very small. It was a very very small budget. Um, during that four months, I created this sort of a, a business plan. Um, you know, we created a name, a concept, and I, I presented that to some family friends of mine and they, they, they were, they've been, um, they've been instrumental actually in sort of really helping me get a start. Um, 
so we had we had a small pool of funds together, and actually the first day I arrived back in Australia, um, I had a short list of suburbs and and venues and and sites I was going to look at, and I actually found the site for Amaru on my first day back in Australia. Um, so, you know, look, it was it was it was small enough. It was, I guess, affordable enough. Um, even though rent in Armadale's not the cheapest, but again, I guess, you know, weighing up sort of what we wanted to offer and sort of, you know, what the concept was going to be. And I guess our sort of, you know, our, our, our vision, um, it all aligned quite well. So we spent a few weeks sort of negotiating the lease and then, um, yeah, kind of, we were just straight into it. Um, so that's how the ball kind of really got going. Um, yeah, it just uh, everything came together really, really quickly from there. Um, we engaged a, a, a designer. Um, I started sort of recruiting a couple of guys. Again, we had you know we had a very, very small team initially, and then five months later, we were, we were open and we we're trading. The, the pressures of small business are quite intense, and but to add a layer onto that, you've got family that invested and tr- entrusted in you as well. Were there, were there pressures involved in that? in that first year of t- where they were involved from a financial perspective? Absolutely. Absolutely. Look, you know, at the same time, I, you know, there, there's always options, you know, you always have options in life. And I think I knew from very early on that I didn't necessarily want to do a, a partnership with other investors, or I didn't really want to be a head chef co-owner sort of thing. I just think, you know, I, I don't know. I, I just feel like inevitably sometimes these these things, they always start off really good, but quite often they go sour. Um, so I outlined from very early on that I was happy to wear all the risk and take the responsibility. Um, but then, you know, we could really create our own identity and and anything we wanted to do, it was, it was always going to be dictated by us, by our vision. Um, we didn't really necessarily have to answer to anybody else. Um, and the, there's pros and cons with that as well. Definitely. Um, but ultimately I guess, you know, it's, it's really starting to sort of work and, and pay dividends now because, you know, five, six years later, we're, you know, we're still in business. We've, I guess when I look back now, I think, you know, Amaru has really turned into something almost probably a little bit better than I, I guess, you know, we we thought it probably could have initially, um, especially, you know, during the first year. Um, so that's, that's been, that's been really rewarding. And that's, you know, and that, that's something now that really, I guess, gives me inspiration to sort of definitely keep, keep going. Um, and it's put us in a position, you know, where where we can really now start to sort of find our find our, ourselves and continue to sort of again, you know, really identify what what we are and what we want to do. Not only as a as a, as a restaurant, but I guess as as a business and a sort of brand going forward, if that makes sense. Quality produce and producers are, are really at the heart of what you do. do. Do you have any stories of the connections that you've made with with producers that you sort of highlight on the menu? Look, there's 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 so many producers that we do use. I think you know it's it's 
something now that that's really um, more important than ever to talk about, I think, because, you know, when you, I guess when you come to a restaurant as, as a consumer, you know, you, you sort of, you sit down and, you know, you experience, you know, the, the service, the ambience of the restaurant, you know, the food itself, but there's so much that goes in to that experience behind the scenes and, and, and the food alone, you know, that just whether it's, you know, your organic producers or one of, you know, we've got like three different organic producers that we work with just for vegetables. Um, we use, you know, two or three different sort of, you know, fish suppliers and, you know, guys that sort of specialize in getting certain products. Um, we, we use a, a couple of different guys that, you know, forage and grow things um, like, that that sort of part of it is instrumental to what you really want to do, and it's you know it's it's actually a really good part of the job is is working with these people and and continually speaking to them and you know um, and I guess you know respecting their products that are the sort of coming coming in the doors and and doing them justice and being able to serve that to your guest is it's extraordinary. Give it give us a sense of of what you're doing there if you. Could- Tell us a bit about your food and your approach and maybe if there's a dish or two you can tell us about that exemplifies sort of where you're at at the moment. Yeah, okay, cool. Um, look, you know, first and foremost, we, we we want the sort of food to do all the talking without having to sort of, you know, we don't really do, like we don't really do a lot of theatre theatrics or you know there's there's nothing really sort of smoking at the tables or you know not there's anything wrong with that at all i mean that's you know there's a there's a um there's a place for everything i think um but what really what we really focus on and what's really important for me is is just distilling clarity of flavors uh and ingredients um that's always been a, a big thing is you know really sort of you know identifying you know your palate as a chef and and articulating these flavors on on the plate for the guests to to sort of be able to enjoy i think you know when you when you're putting food in your mouth and you're, you're tasting these you know the, these flavors and combinations and and you know i think you if you're if your guest can't really understand that and, and you know if they're, if they're not sort of getting that without you having to tell an elongated story or or anything else i don't know if you know it's um so that we work really hard on that obviously um i guess one dish we're doing at the moment is we've got this amazing sort of quail dish that we're doing and we're using these uh these jurassic quails and it's kind of like a three-week process before we actually serve it so um we get them in um we dry age them for about two weeks and um we do a couple of different sort of processes with it, but I guess the end result is, you know, you, you sort of, you're tasting, I guess, oh, you know, you're tasting something that's sort of a little bit different than I guess you would have in, in a sort of a lot of other restaurants that maybe sort of just get it in serve it sort of fresh in that regard, like the different flavor profile from the aging, um, the, the brushing of the, of the tare and, and whatnot through the aging process allows us to sort of really, cook it very quickly and the skin blisters and caramelizes, but the meat's still sort of just set and kind of sort of sort of medium, medium rare sort of flavor uh, or, or temperature. And just all these little sort of processes is, is what we sort of really focus on to really highlight the ingredient. Um, so that would be one for sure. 
Um, and look, the overall, the overall sort of balance of the menu is something we really, really put a lot of effort to it, in, into as well. Um, I don't think you should ever go home from a restaurant hungry, especially if you're serving a tasting menu. You know, it's, I think it's your obligation to make sure it's it's really well balanced and it's satisfying and it's you know you're, you're fulfilling your guests. Um, but I think there's also there's nothing worse than going out for a tasting menu where you're absolutely bloated and you've just had so much food and it's all really rich and it's just unbalanced. And, you know, I think you just kind of, you know, you, you lose your appetite and, you, you know, you just you can't metabolize throughout the dinner. So I think it's really important to think about all these little pieces of the puzzle that go together over the course of the dinner as well. During the recent period of time, you also opened uh, Altera a Wine Bar. Tell, tell us a bit about that and what it's been like opening that venue in sort of such turbulent times. Uh, it's been pretty tricky. Um, so the site, the site that we took over, it actually used to be a wine bar. It's this great little wine bar and I always thought, the venue itself, I would love to sort of do something with the venue. And then I guess, you know, I noticed a four lease sign uh, on the front window in November 2020. And I guess, you know, at that time, you know, we were still sort of navigating sort of COVID and we we're, you know, we we're sort of coming out of the lockdown. And, you know, so it was, there was a lot of green pastures in sight. And then um, I actually found, I found myself sort of needing another challenge as well. Um, you know, like it's, by that time, you know, it was, it was five years of just doing nothing else, but, you know, Amaru and all my thoughts and everything to do with my sort of, you know, life was, was entangled just in, just in Amaru. And whilst that's, that's good. And I think that's, you know, that's, that's, that's what it takes, but I actually needed, I actually needed just to do something else to also just sort of give myself a bit more invigoration as well um, and another challenge. So anyway, we, we, we signed the lease um, and look, we thought that we would do this this wine, but it'll be a totally different business than Amaru. Um, obviously, you know, we only offer a degustation menu. Um, so we wanted to do something that was a nice contrast to that. We wanted to do something that was a lot more accessible. Um, so it's just it's it's wine bar and it's it's like a snack bar as well you know it's kind of like a uh it's a little short menu of 15 different items most of the things are designed to be sort of eaten with the hands um and it, it's it's fun it's kind of the sort of place that you know if i had something like that in my area i, I would i would visit there once twice a fortnight you know um and so we spent a good sort of six months conceptualizing the idea and then we had an architect and, and everything and then um, we put a lot of effort and a lot of work into it and I'm really proud of what we've achieved but I guess with COVID still lingering and, and lockdowns you know in and out of lockdowns it's been it's definitely been a challenge but in saying that as well I guess you know it's something really positive that I think come out of this whole sort of COVID thing as well. Um, I think, um, you know, I was, I was at the stage where I really needed uh, another challenge and something to sort of just 
take my mind out of my day-to-day operations so I can sort of then come back in a little bit fresher and, and look at things from a, from a different perspective as well. Um, so that's been really good. That's, that's been a, that's been a huge positive. Um, but yeah, it has, it has been a challenge just, you know, being open, not being open. I think we actually opened the first week uh, of July in 2021. And in that same week, we got a lot of great reviews. Uh, you know, we're in all the main sort of publications. And then it really kind of exploded. Like, it, you know, we, we actually had reservations full for close to three months. Uh, yeah. And then within that same week, we, went, we were plunged into lockdown six. Um, so that was kind of devastating, you know, because I guess, you know, for a new business, you really, you really need to sort of capture as much as that immediate audience that you can. And, um, that was hard. That was really hard. Um, so it's been, it's been challenging. I guess it's also been challenging for the staff as well, you know, to sort of be continually sort of upbeat and to really try and, I guess, continue to be positive and navigate through that because it's been very, and I guess that's a real testament to my team as well um, because it, it's been extremely hard for them as well. You know, you, you put a lot of energy and, and effort and, you know, a lot of emotion goes into, you know, the weeks that leading up to opening the restaurant and it was just kind of stop start. I think we've literally opened it like three times. Um, so, you know, in saying that, you know, we've been open again now since November and it's been really good to sort of just see a few months of trading and, and trying to really, I guess, sort of, you know, really build it up to where we want it to be. Um, but yeah, COVID hasn't helped our cause there definitely. Um, but look, you know, I think like most things in life, you just got to keep sort of pressing on with that and, and keep moving forward. Like there's always going to be obstacles. Um, but overall, I think it's a it's a really really good addition to the area, and it's a really really good contrast for for Amaru as well. And I think you know now we have somewhere that you know sort of guests can visit either before or after. Um, you know if there's ever a sort of you know tables that are sort of staying late, and we, you know we're sort of there's people waiting for a table. You know we we can pop them over to Terra, get them a glass of champagne. So it actually, sort of builds on our experience that we can offer at Amaru as well, in a sense. You've had the most um, amazing um, accolades and success and acknowledgement and build this incredible restaurant of influence from from very small beginnings. What do you love about what you do? Uh, what I love about what I do is, you know, I love I love um, people coming in and and having a great great time in the restaurant. You know, we've we've built so many great relationships with our clientele, like seeing, you know, seeing families that have sort of been dining with us um, continually, you know, now that, you know, we've, we've got, we've got so many loyal guests and, and customers that have, you know, they've just, that, that's always, that's one part of it. I think when you're, when you're in hospitality, you've definitely got to sort of have a, have a, have a love for that. Um, but also building a team, you know, we've always had a really good staff retention at, at Amaru. Um, building a team and a culture and, and and that's also another rewarding part i think you know culture i think is probably the fun, fundamentally it's probably one of the most important things in a, in a, in well, in a business um, but a restaurant definitely 
Um, you know, it's not just one person. It's not just me running the show here. It's not, you know, restaurants, it, it, it's really about the amalgamation of, of the staff and, and the passion and, and, and everything that sort of goes into it. Well, Clinton, it's absolutely extraordinary what you've built there and no doubt we're going to see much more from you as well as in the years to come. Uh, we've loved having you on Deep in the Weeds today to hear just a little bit of your story. Please keep in touch and uh, we'll catch up again soon. No worries. Thanks for having me on. This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep. Stay tuned as we take a deep dive into the lives of the incredible people who ply their trade in the food and hospitality sector. Special thanks to executive producer Rob Locke for making this all happen. Follow us on Instagram at Deep in the Weeds Podcast or email us at podcast at deepintheweeds.com.au. Stay safe and be well.